1: I awoke with sun spilling on my face. Above me was the collapsed roof of a small cabin. Moss and small plants had already begun reclaiming this area. Sprouts of grass poked up from between floorboards. Vines wrapped themselves around the rusted metal frames of bunk beds long forgotten. I blinked the dreariness out of my eyes. The warm sun, a welcoming sign. A kinder awakening than I'd had in the past, but I knew first impressions were often deceiving. Despite the collapsed roof, the rest of the cabin seemed to be fully intact. That's when my mind started catching up on everything. Why was the roof collapsed? How long had this cabin been left to rot? What was on the other side of the cabin's door? A summer camp, an old one lost to time. In the center of a dirt lot stood a tall totem pole with various caricatures of animals. Next to it, a dusty, tattered American flag hung limply. Across the lot were three other cabins, in much better shape than this one, and to my right, a large building with rusted gold lettering that read Mess Hall. Judging by the trees and distant outlines of mountains and the familiar flag, I figure I must be somewhere in the Rockies. Maybe as far up as Washington, or as low as New Mexico. And there's the fair weather and light breeze. I assume I'm somewhere near Colorado or Utah. Any further north and the warm sun would be outdone by the cold wind. Behind the cabin I awoke in is a crystal clear lake, extending at least a few hundred feet before meeting more trees. In the distance, I can't quite make it out, but it looks like something yellow. A small triangle. A few of them, in fact. Disregarding them, I turn and spot a cabin I hadn't seen before, right next to the dining hall. It's large, looking much more lavish than the six small cabins circled around the totem pole. As I head towards it, I see something that gives me pause. The front door is splintered at the handle, as if forced open. The windows shattered, and large, muddy footprints walk around the exterior of the cabin. I feel a lump forming in my stomach. Fucking great. As I enter the cabin, my suspicions are confirmed. Everything points to signs of a struggle. Overturned cabinets, remnants of broken glass, and a few bloody marks across the walls. As my eyes scan the room, they come to rest on a desk sitting between two broken windows. On it is a collection of yellowed pages, likely worn by the elements, and a bulletin board with similarly yellowed newspaper snippets. Maybe... Maybe this will help. The bulletin board has seen much better days. Dirt has started to obscure the print and wear away at the photos but one decaying slip of paper hanging in the center of everything else tells me all I need to know. Camp Clarity camper gone missing. I read on Tuesday, July 25th, 1972. Joseph, age nine, went missing the night before Camp Clarity's program was set to end. The rest of the children have been brought back into town and the U.S. forest rangers have already begun searching the nearby woods. I start looking at the other clippings, trying to discover everything I can as quickly as I can. Then I hear the crunch of glass behind me. Before I turn around, a bag is pulled down over my face, and I'm pushed to the ground. I can feel a knee pressing into the center of my back. Glass and twigs dig into my chest, feeling like small, sharp teeth.
2: What's your name? Monica. Why are you here?
1: I'm just a tourist.
2: Yeah. You miss the fences and warning signs all around the camp?
1: God, the yellow triangles, a fucking course. I should have known. But even if I was trespassing, would that be reason enough to put a fucking bag over my head and… handcuffs. Great. Come on. To your feet. The man with a gruff voice pulls me up by my restraints, and keeping one hand firm on the cuffs, puts the other on my shoulder, guiding me out of the cabin. I'm sorry if I was trespassing. I came in the night and I didn't even see the signs.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
1: I woke up in one of the cabins.
2: You slept
1: here? Yeah, I just wanted to get under some shelter. (sighs) Huh. He's not buying it. My ham-fisted attempt at a lie is just backfiring.
2: Where's your stuff?
1: My stuff?
2: Yeah. If you're a camper, where's your gear? Backpack, food, sleeping bag? We're miles away from a highway, even further from a city. Uh, I... See, I think you somehow sneaked past all our security measures. And I want to know how.
1: Lies obviously won't work on this man, so I resort to the truth. Would you believe I teleported here?
2: Actually, I would. And that's why I'm taking you to my boss. You see, there exist two possibilities... One, someone sent you here using technology similar to what my employer has been working on. Or two, you're something from the technology we're working on. In either case, they're going to want to talk to you.
1: Who's going to want to talk to me?
2: If you're lucky, Hicks. If you're not, the Bugs.
1: I'm left in a stunned silence, trying to understand what kind of place this store has taken me to. I try to ask more questions... But it seems my captor is in no mood to talk as he silently marches me up a growingly steep hill. It isn't until now I realize how fucking hard it is to hike without having your arms at your sides. Multiple times along our route I lose my balance, and either fall or am held up by my captor. He seems to show no remorse either way, despite the growing number of bruises and scrapes on me. He remains stoically silent. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800 333 kia for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and five-year, 60,000-mile
0: basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
1: I can feel the heavy, damp air on my skin, and the darkness swallows us up whole as we proceed without hesitation into the mountain. Feels like we've been walking for well over an hour. My legs are throbbing, the blood from my scraped knees is sticking my pants to me, and it hurts. I've been on many adventures in risky situations, but this time, it just feels worse. Escape seems hopeless. Then I feel a tug on my cuffs. Stop here. Are we there? Shush. I do as instructed. Around me, I can only hear dripping water somewhere far into the cave. And a man's steady, disconcerting breathing behind me. Something's not right. A chill runs down my spine. He sounds scared. Something's not right. He takes his hand off me and I hear the click of his radio.
2: Base, this is Vulture 26. I'm in possession of an intruder and approaching the mine entrance. I heard movement somewhere near the collapse. I'm requesting an additional unit. Over.
0: Confirmed. We reach Vulture. Hawk and are nearby. Please wait. Alright, Vulture. Units are on route. ETA-5. Over.
2: Affirmative base. I'm going to...
1: Before my captain can finish, I hear rocks shift, and then light footsteps. Fuck.
2: Base hostiles approaching!
1: What the hell does that mean? I hear the man draw his gun from its holster, and then feel it press against the nape of my neck.
2: Are these your compatriots?
1: No, I swear, I came alone.
2: I don't believe...
1: Ah! Hello? Get back! All of you! Ah! At the sound of gunfire, I throw myself to the floor, which is a big mistake as I end up slamming my injured knees to the ground and banging my head on the rock wall. I can't. The pain comes to me as more of a surprise than any actual serious injury, and after a moment I'm able to get my bearings. I can't make out much with the bag over my head, except for movement. What's going on?
2: I think, I think they're gone. Fucking monsters.
1: What do they look like?
2: just shadows. No, you don't!
1: I don't need to see to know what's happening. The sound of meat being sliced and blood flowing makes it clear. Okay. My captor's dead and I'm likely next. I can sense three, no, five, maybe eight sets of slow footsteps coming at me from every angle. Having nowhere to run? I push myself against the stone wall, hoping for the best. Then I feel a sickly chill come over my body as a freezing hand touches my shoulder. It's small, no bigger than that of a child. It feels as if the hand isn't actually pressed against me, but rather sunk into me, like ice cutting into my skin, and for a moment, I think maybe that is exactly what is happening. It takes me a second to realize the shadow is trying to move me away from the wall. I do just this, and a moment later, I feel the tension in my wrists release as the handcuff chain is snapped. I immediately reach up to pull the bag off my head, and as I do, I hear the faintest sound of wind blowing past me. By the time the bag is off my sweaty, matted hair, my rescuers are gone. I look over to my captor trying to avert my eyes from the wounds, but searching for... Yes! On his belt, two small silver keys hanging from a loop. I unlock each cuff, allowing blood to flow back into my hands. In the distance, I hear footsteps coming from where we first entered the cave. I need to get the fuck out of here. But to where? Looking into the darkness, I find only a wall of rocks. Likely where the collapse had been. I reach out to grab one of the smaller rocks and my hand passes right through it. Keeping a strong grip on the handcuff keys, I take a step forward and feel the rest of my body pass through the seemingly solid wall. This must be the door. I walk forward, my eyes unable to adjust as the light slowly seeps out of the world and plunges me into darkness.
0: Five teens head up to Camp Clarity to celebrate their last summer together, but little do they know they're about to stumble on dark secrets that surround the lake. Lake Clarity is the sort of show that starts out with ordinary teens that quickly goes to the weird and unbelievable, and you end up wondering and hoping everyone will survive. For everything spooky and unexplained, you can't go wrong with Lake Clarity. This episode was written by Pacific Obadiah. The part of Monica is performed by Georgia Mackenzie. The part of The Officer is performed by Atticus Jackson. The part of The Radio Operator is performed by Pacific Obadiah. Sound design was done by Hale and Wellmet Podcasts. Check out more of their great work at and haleandwellmetpodcasts.com. For a link to a transcript of this episode, please check the show notes. If you enjoy Ostium and would like to support the show, you can do so on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. We've updated our reward structure with lots of new bonus goodies like new miniseries, a special Zoom cast about how podcasts are made called From the Sound Up, postcards for patrons, and a Zoom chat with members of Team Ostium and patrons every couple of months. You can find all this and more at patreon.com slash ostiumpodcast. Thanks for listening, and our next episode will release in two weeks.